0: Something of a first on our latest episode of Soundtracking, as we're not only joined by a world-class director, but also his world-class translator. To be fair, Pedro Almodovar's English is certainly better than my Spanish, but we are eternally grateful to the lovely Maria for stepping in when he occasionally reverted to his mother tongue. Pedro's latest film is Pain and Glory, a semi-autobiographical tale in which he draws on his own experiences to explore the life of Salvador Malo, a director in Decline. Pain and Glory reunites Pedro with a number of long-time collaborators including leading man Antonio Banderas, Penelope Cruz and composer Alberto Iglesias. And it's with one of Alberto's cues from Pain and Glory that we begin entitled Escena Urbana. (laughs) ¶¶ Pedro is an absolute... It's an honor to meet you. Sir. Thank you. I'm such a fan of, of your work. And what has been so wonderful knowing that I was coming to talk to you is to just relish in your filmmaking and go back and revisit some of your films. The hardest bit was deciding which ones to watch. I have to say and <laughs> <laughs> um, congratulations. I on... feel very flattered. and <laughs> <laughs> um, pain and glory is extraordinary. It's a beautiful film and we're going to talk a lot about music if that's okay for this podcast, because music is such a big part of your films. And in this film in particular, there's an absolutely gorgeous scene where the mums and the ladies are by the river singing. Mm -hmm. And it brought me to tears, that moment, which is quite early on. This song in particular, can you talk a little bit about the relevance to this song? And for you personally, I know it has a connection.
1: Yes, you know, this this is part of my memories. And I discovered when I was writing the script that uh, because I, I never uh, went back to my past to think about my childhood. This is something that I did in the bad, edu- bad education and Volver, but I I don't used to think about that period of mine. Um, suddenly, when I was writing, uh, I discovered that that was the more happy moment of my childhood. I mean, when the character, cuando el personaje tiene el recuerdo de su madre en el esplendor de su belleza y que el hecho de lavar ropa era se convertía en una auténtica fiesta. Y, y el hecho de tocar los pececillos que venían porque el jabón era muy biológico, porque se hacía el jabón se hacía en casa con las grasas que sobraban. Sí, de pronto eh, creo que es el mejor recuerdo que tengo de la infancia. Eh, la canción es una canción eh, folclórica, bueno... De, Española que se llama Atubera, which means close to you. Y es, es una, es, era una canción muy famosa eh, que podían estar cantando las mujeres mientras trabajaban. Entonces, para, 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 para un español, todo aquello, y sobre todo para alguien de mi generación, eh, cuyas madres iban a lavar a los ríos, es una secuencia muy, muy, muy intensa y llena a la vez de felicidad eh, y de del mejor modo de, de supervivencia.
2: So when the character has the memory of uh, uh, the young Salva has the memory of his mother. It's a memory of her in her absolute most splendid, because uh, the most splendid moment of her, her young beauty. And she's uh, washing clothes and that moment of washing clothes in, uh, in the river is, uh, she, he recalls it as a real sense of, with a real sense of festivity, like a fiesta. Um, and the fish are coming towards her, being drawn towards the soap. In the water, because the soap at that time was being made in a very organic and biological way, so it attracted the fish to them. And that song that's being sung, uh, "Aduera," which means uh, "close to you." It's a song that uh, the women at the time could have been singing, uh, because it's a, it's a, it's a song of that moment. So someone uh, of my generation can recall their mother mm-hmm. at the river. That em- and and that song brings back the the that emotion of the moment, that moment of of, of happiness and of and a sense of survival. Also, it's how people survived.
0: I a casa, siempre a la verita tuya, siempre
2: a la, la verita tuya, hasta papá, papá, que des aquí, aquí, ayúdame con el balde. Que no miras a tus ojos, que no llamas a tu puerta, que no visase de noche la piedra de tu calleja. tuya siempre a la verita tuya hasta que de amor me muera a tu vera a tu vera siempre a la verita tuya siempre a la verita tuya hasta que de amor me muera ya pueden clavar puñales ya pueden cruzar tijeras Ya pueden cubrir con sal los ladrillos de tu puerta Hasta el día que me muera.
0: Do you write to music when you're writing? Do you have music on? Does it inspire um, you?
1: you? You know, uh, lately I, I listen less music than before mm. when I'm working. I mean, when I did it, I had to make a choice that feel, I mean, fit very well. With what I'm writing, mm-hmm. if not, there is interference. Yeah. So I think I'm getting older, and I can only do one thing because <laughs> now that I try, even what I'm reading, I cannot, I cannot listen to music uh, because they are they are interfere with mm. the words. Um, yeah. So, but usually, I mean, not in this case, but before, I listen always uh, something. And the, at the end, uh, at the end of writing the script, uh, when I go to the shooting, I made a CD with the music that I was listening during the writing, mm-hmm. because that means that that music, that music is perfect, represent the mood of the movie, mm-hmm. and uh, and later they said. What about the CD? And oh, no, this time I didn't make it.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I loved reading about when you started making films and you had no soundtrack. And when you would play them or show them in in venues, you would take a cassette with you and play it live of the music that you wanted yeah. to be on, on those films. I love that. I wish I'd been able to come to. to yeah, 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 yeah. That's I, an I Im- used
1: to do it. <laughs> I used to do it. And uh, and yes, it's, it's another type of soundtrack. Mm. It's a natural one.
0: Yeah. And was that was that what you in your head dreamt of the soundtrack being on those films?
1: No, it was music that accompanied me and that made me flow what I was doing, what I was writing. But really, it's always a surprise the music that composes the compositor, eh, Alberto Iglesias.
2: So, no it was uh, music that accompanied me, um, uh, a music that served almost like a conduit to my writing and it always surprises me the music that Alberto Iglesias my composer, then, then uh, composes for my films. Eh, yo tengo una idea muy clara de la música que quiero, pero
1: no, no sé el lenguaje eh, de la música con lo cual no puedo en- explicárselo con la terminología de un músico, pero a base de intuición y de y de buscar entre los dos acabamos encontrando algo que va bien con la imagen, pero es es una búsqueda misteriosa para mm. los dos, tanto para el compositor como para mí.
2: I have a clear idea of the music that I uh, want, but I don't have the language or rather the vocabulary in in music, that technical language to be able to explain it. So it's very much an intuition and a search that Alberto and I undertake together and there's something very mysterious in mm. that. Mm. It's a wonderful relationship that you both have for many
0: years now.
1: Yeah, for many years, more than 20, 20, 24 years.
0: You know each other well. Yes. (laughs) And
1: you know, in the case of Alberto, it's it's, it's someone very open, because I mean, I mean, for me to prove if that is right or not, is just the first feeling that I have Mm -hmm. in the music. But if you put the music with the image that is very clear, if this is something that work for me works for me or not, so sometimes you are very cruel because uh, I refuse many of the themes, and he's so generous and so talented that he can start writing again from another point of view, completely different yeah. than at the beginning. So it's an adventure, and it can only be made like this because we are very good friends, friends, and also that. Uh, which is very exceptional in one musician, one composer is that Alberto doesn't have any kind of ego. Yeah. Because usually with the others that I that I work with, uh, <laughs> we fight.
0: It can get in the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did how did you how did you meet and how did this relationship start with with uh, with Alberto?
1: Yeah, I listen. He was making at the moment in the early 90s, he was making a sort of new age uh, pieces, and and also um, he was creating the music for San Ballet at the National Mother Ballet Mm. in Spain with Nacho Duato. what I heard and I really love it and so I, I asked him to start working together that was um, in the 1995 uh, yeah. with the flower of my secret <music> And the result, the result was so great that uh, I really would like to have in, in, in the other team of the crew, I mean, someone like Alberto, mm. uh, que me gustaría mucho tener a alguien como Alberto in todos los otros departamentos.
2: I'd love to have someone like Alberto in every single department of Porque the films no los, I make.
1: No he encontrado alguien con el que tenga tanta complicidad como con él en los otros
2: because I just haven't found somebody with the same where I have the same degree of complicity in the other departments bueno, with which I work.
1: Tal vez con Alcaine, el, el operador, el
2: director de fotografía. Perhaps actually that's not true. Perhaps I do have that sense of complicity with Jose Luis Alcaine, who's yes. my director yes. of photography and is on on has worked with me on this film.
1: Mm. Yeah. And with many of the actors that I work with.
2: Yeah, the, you, with the,
1: the actors, yes, I have this com- this complicity.
0: Well, there's a wonderful story with with uh, with this film, um, and in particular one particular actress that you worked with again, and it was su- it was such beautiful scenes watching her with Antonio Banderas, with Julieta Serrano. Those scenes with her and Antonio are incredible, and I know that when you started working, you made more of that relationship yeah. and filmed more and found more whilst you were doing it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I wanted to work with Julieta from a long time ago because uh, she used to be very familiar with my movies in the 80s, Actually, we made like four or five, mm. um, but after uh, we didn't, and um, and I, I missed I missed her, mm. so when I wrote this character of the old mother, I thought immediately in Julieta, and I was very happy just for because we always celebrate a lot when, when we meet each other, and um, since the very beginning, I think the first the first sequence that we shoot. It was uh, when they are in the, in the room. I felt such a pleasure uh, watching her uh, doing this character so easily yeah. and incredibly mm. that I felt not only moved, I felt so happy and very inspired too. So I add some other sequence that at the end of the movie resultaron sequences esenciales para la película. Y pensaba, es increíble porque el guión lo había escrito diez veces, mm. pero es increíble que necesites estar rodando la película para que todavía el guión encuentre unas nuevas escenas para completarse. O sea, porque eso significa también que el rodaje está siempre vivo y uno tiene que estar también muy abierto y adaptarse a todo lo que ve. En, durante el rodaje. Entonces esas dos o tres secuencias fueron la secuencia de la terraza cuando le reprocha que no se la trajera a Madrid y la secuencia en el en el pasillo en el pasillo cuando le dijo que no fue un buen hijo y, y la secuencia final cuando cuando le ruega y le dice que su último deseo es que la lleve al pueblo y I ahora me admiro porque son tres secuencias sin las cuales la película no se no se entendería ahora y me los inspiró me los inspiró lo, las las escribí la noche antes de un modo improvisado y las hicimos así sin, sin ensayar y cuando eso ocurre es maravilloso
2: So I actually had written the script um, 10 times so there've been 10 revisions wow. to the script A lot. Uh Um, But you need to be shooting. You need to be there making it, shooting it, to realise that the screenplay has scenes that are missing. It's, it's not complete in and of itself. Mm. So it's one of the things that you have to be open while you're shooting. You need to be opening to what's happening as you're shooting the film to be able to complete it in many ways. So the three scenes that I added, which I think are absolutely essential to the film, are firstly the scene on the terrace where she's uh, reproaching uh, him for um, uh, not uh, having been a um, good son, And the corridor um, scene also, where, again, there's an element of of reproach going on for not having brought her to Madrid with him. And then when she asks him to take her to her village. Um, And those scenes were written the night before filming. They were barely rehearsed. We really didn't rehearse them. And they just, they shot amazingly. So when that happens on set, it's great. The magic yes. happens.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, it is. <laughs> Completely unexpected. Yeah. So this is the... I mean, just yes, to shoot is, is, is a big adventure. Mm. Uh, many new things happen and uh, you have to be there just um, yes, to adapt everything that is alive and to put it in... Because also can happen things that you don't want mm. and you have to be controlling because of course um, you know everything everything is new and alive because i mean the the, the, the is, is only when you are shooting you don't see when, when you are rehearsing or when you are preparing the movie and also the interaction between the character and the actors that are that are performing mm. also i mean just the the union of these two things i mean to there there is a reaction that you have to be very very aware It's an advantage or can be not. So this is a big, big, big adventure and this is something that I like of Ascoutine.
0: There's a couple of scenes in particular that I wanted to talk about. The music just resonated with me amazingly. The closing credit scenes of the film Sabor in the film. So the music that plays on the closing credits of that film, um, what is it?
1: Yeah, this is a song exactly from that it was It was uh, recorded in 1984, so it represents the the 80s. El titulo era, ¿Cómo pudiste hacerme esto a mí? The title is, How could you do this to me? And represent, yes, La Movida Madrileña. Uh, The group is Alaska and Mm Dinarama. They were very close friends of of mine. Uh, And I still, and I still, we are friends. And, And also because, you know, this movie is about myself but also about many things that are familiar to me mm-hmm. so these guys this song it was something very close to my life in theory in the 80s And also in the music, I mean, talking about the songs, there are also two other presents that are like part of my emotional family. One is Mina, when, when I talk about the first desire of the guy, mm-hmm. that in one hand the, the son date the moment of the, I mean, the period yeah. of the sequence. And that was 1960. That was, uh, and the is belongs to that period. But also, I mean, Mina is, is, is a singer that I used many times. Mm-hmm. So it's like part of my family. And I'm a big, big, big. My more than fan is like really, is part of my biography. <laughs> and also, I wanted to give this uh, sense of sun of summer of uh, the light of the sun of Mediterranean, and that sun has that flavor.
0: Sogno, sogno,
2: Cielo, mm. splende già.
1: And also one, I feel also very faithful to Chavela Vargas that appears in the monologue.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean she was someone that I am not close. I mean more than close. I mean we um, we travel a lot together. I used to present her on stage thousands of times in in Europe yeah. and also in Mexico. And also, it, I mean for me is, I think is the best singer singing uh, boleros or the best mexican songs mm-hmm. so that was even just three lines because the the the, the 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 actor is so moved that i said try to say no nah, like interrupted to the regidor yes yeah, because role, right? I cannot, yeah. because if, if if the song keeps on uh, i cannot talk yeah you know, and, the, and also Isabella is like part of my life part
0: of myself Oye Quiero la estrella de eterno fulgor. Quiero la copa más fina de cristal
2: para brindar la noche de mi amor Oye Quiero
0: la rosa perlada de rocío El mar, el sol y este cielo también Para
2: brindar la noche de mi amor
0: the use of Grace Jones as well, Avian Rose?
1: Yes, also, L'Avillan Rose also date the period, because all that it was around the, the 80s. Mm. And um, and I remember L'Avillan Rose, I mean, that version of Grace Jones that we danced many, 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 many nights. And it was, at least in Spain, it was a big hit. So it was related with the period of when the monologue happens. The monologue happens like in, from 81 to 85, Mm. uh, that love story that the monologue says. And then he start saying that, I met someone, Marcelo, Mm -hmm. uh, in a toilet. Uh, (laughs) And in the (laughs) toilet, you know, they were listening that song. It was very yeah. common yeah. that situation. Yeah, <laughs> to be <meet> many people <laughs> at the toilet together. And Grace Jones. And Grace Jones.
0: <laughs> I mean, putting the music. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's so incredible. There's also, when um, Salvador is teaching Eduardo to write, the score over that scene.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very uh, very happy with that sequence.
0: It's incredible.
1: know, that is one part that it was real. It seems the more surreal, but uh, it happened with something, Mm. with a different thing. I mean, it's not exactly like that, but I never lived in Paterna, in in Levante. But uh, as many, I mean, as many Spaniards, early 60s or late 50s, my family, we have to move up. To migrate mm-hmm. to another place in Spain. So we, we went to Extremadura. And it was a place very precarious. I mean, it was not a cave. That was beautiful. Right. I, I found that I cave live there. In a cave. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a very precarious place and illiterate uh, people. Mm. So uh, my, my mother, that it was very clever and with a lot of initiative, mm. I mean, she started uh, reading the letters. Uh, of the of the yeah, of the neighbors and i was who wrote the letters because i have better uh, to and, write. Writing, yeah. and at the same time she invented a way to educate the young guys of the street wow they 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 work all of them in the country. i mean in the in the field yeah uh, and they came like after eight in the night or i mean at night um they said no but Pedro can teach you how to read, how to write and algebra. Algebra.
0: And algebra. Yeah.
1: So and I was I was nine.
0: Wow. And the,
1: and I have I remember that I have five or six pupils or students.
0: Old student. Wow, you were a teacher at nine, that's and amazing. Nine.
1: And the and the, you know <laughs> my, I, I, I think think about that many times but when my mother was watching tv and one of the actresses carmen maura Mm. said oh because Pedro as director is very demanding it is really very very not tough but very demanding a director and my mother said to the the tv i mean since he was a child (laughs) Uh, and then he commented me that uh, at the moment with the, the, i mean this is the way she explained it to me this, the, they came after the country and they were dressed like if if they were like if they were going to the doctor with the best dresses <laughs> 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 To their, take the lesson for
0: their nine
2: year old and, teacher and,
1: the, and when they i mean when i finished and they went to their homes they were like complaining and said, Senora Paca, that was the name of my mother, uh, Mrs. Paca. Yeah. Oh, Pedro is really tough. <laughs> and I, 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 Because of course I was not conscious of that. So I was a teacher at that moment that it was really, when I think about that, I think this is the more crazy idea in the movie. <laughs> but great. that was absolutely that was real. real.
0: Before we quickly run out of time, prior to or as well as Alberto, you have worked with some extraordinary composers as well, right? Yeah. Sakamoto, Eni Marconi. What an amazing opportunity as a you know as a visionary to work with these other yeah. visionaries.
1: No, I had good memories of all of them. Uh, with Ryuichi Sakamoto, I mean, I, I asked him because I I was very I mean I like very much the the score he made for Bertolucci in. What was the name? Tea at the Sahara. The, the name of the Paul Bowles story.
0: Shelter in sky.
1: Yeah. Yep. He's so talented, so sweet. And it's incredible that coming from Japan, which is a culture very different from mine, we understood each other very, very well. For example, um, Morricone, that I think is one of the greatest, I mean, he invented completely in the 60s, a way to, has to, to put the music in a movie that nobody did it before. understand how he made so many American movies without understanding a single word. He worked it alone, and this is not the way I do. I participate a lot, and that was the only difference we have, mm. that he did it alone. He gave me the material, and there were parts that I didn't use mm. because I think they were not the right thing to put it, but the rest I did, and it's, and it's a wonderful score anyway. Mm. But it was the only case that personally we didn't have this kind of chemistry that I have with the others.
0: Alberto, and this, you know, working across so many films with you, but every score is very different. Yep. So different. Yep. Um I was I was watching a film last night, and it felt I don't know, like it was it had a kind of late night detective, all about my mother. The score for all about my mother yep. had this kind of late night detective feel to it, kind of yep. mm-hmm. at, at moments to it. Which. Mummy, yes. Yeah, but it's there's they're so different. You wouldn't listen to the score and go, that's Alberto, because he just does something different with every film. It's extraordinary.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I always ask him something different. Mm. And uh, I remember that uh, before doing this, uh, I mean, he loved the movie so much mm. since the, the editor table that he told me, Pedro, really, I think the movie doesn't need any, any kind of music. You can show it. This is very strange. And you know, that a composer (laughs) composer tell you that because the composer wants to give you a lot of music, more than is necessary. And I said, really, I I also love the movie like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was very understandable with the natural noises. But I told him, as the movie goes always from the present to the past, I think it's a good idea just to make a music transition from period to period. Mm -hmm just to make it softer for the audience. He started and at the end he, com- he composed a lot of things. And, uh, but at the beginning it was difficult because this is unique in, in one artist. Yes, to think that perhaps he is not necessary. And then I was saying, No, I think something else, something else. And I was always asking, and he told me, about, Pedro, perhaps, I mean, we made everything that I can make. And they were all, all of them different, and perhaps. That's it, I cannot invent anything, anything else, but, uh, but he did, he did. It's incredible that because something he has struggled to that is not easy mm. uh, to make something so different from yeah. movie to movie.
0: Yeah, bad education as well. I watched and it's kind so, of extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. You know,
1: bad education is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. All of them. I'm, I'm very, 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 I was very lucky meeting someone like him, because for me it's very important, you know, the music is, the last movies so of Buñuel, they don't have any kind of music, mm. because he was deaf, I thought because he was, he was deaf, I'm becoming deaf anyway, but uh, the music always for me is a very important, and essential part of the narration of the movie.
0: Yeah, you can tell how important it is by watching <laughs> your films. Thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure. And this new film is is brilliant, but it it just reminds people to go and relive some of your other wonderful storytelling. Thank you, Pedro. Oh, thank you. <laughs> From the score to Pain and Glory, that's Salvador N. Latori, Torre, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with Pedro Almodovar. My huge thanks to Pedro for taking the time to talk to us and to the lovely Maria for translating where necessary. Pain and Glory is on general release now with Alberto's score available through Quartet Records. Now we'll put a Spotify playlist for the show via edithbowman.com, which is also the place to subscribe to the podcast and catch up with all of our previous episodes. Or you can head to iTunes if you prefer and please leave us a rating whilst you're there. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We're at Soundtracking UK, and do tell your pals about us if you like what you hear. Next up, Sam and Aaron Taylor Johnson join me to discuss their new film, A Million Little Pieces. I very much look forward to pleasure of your company then.